Welcome to Adobe Experience Makers, a show about Asia Pacific's digital leaders in creativity, marketing, and business. Each episode, we speak to the champions of digital transformation who are shaping the world of custom experience as we know it, as they share their personal insights, stories, and ideas. I'm Siva Ganeshanandan, APAC Director for Adobe Experience Cloud. And I'm Janie Lin, APAC Marketing Director for Digital Media. Today, we're going to be talking about food, food innovation, food delivery, food trends. By the end, you're going to be hungry. So Janie, how often do you order food in? In Singapore, I do not actually do much order in, except for times when I'm having a big party. And has that really started since there's new delivery services that we have? I used to do catering, but now with the food delivery services, you can actually entertain at various types of scales and food. Digital innovation is changing not just the way we eat, it's actually impacting the food that's being made in the restaurants themselves. How it looks like on these different apps and making sure they're tempting to people that are looking at them in an app as opposed to walking past their shop. It changed the dynamics of the game because it used to be all about the location of your restaurant. And now with this, it may not be such a big issue about where you're cooking from and serving. The food and hospitality landscape in Asia is the most vibrant in the world. And on today's show, we speak to an experienced maker who's navigating this landscape while ensuring that everyone gets fed along the way. I'd say the biggest perk of my role is how we enable small businesses or Uber Eats restaurant partners to grow their business. And we do this by enabling them to set up a virtual restaurant to be able to sell their food beyond the four walls of their restaurant that they currently do today. I think one of the other great benefits or or perks of the role is that we're able to help people earn money flexibly. If you sign up to become an Uber Eats delivery partner, you can pick the hours that you work. And so providing people with flexible income is a great thing to see. Meet Simon Rossi. He's a general manager of Uber Eats in the Asia Pacific region. Eats began in Los Angeles in 2014 and since has expanded its service to 78 cities across 26 countries worldwide. A man surrounded by food, we were interested to learn how connected Simon is to the culinary world. So we asked him where his food journey began. I have an Italian heritage and and food plays a really, really important part of Italian life. And, you know, growing up, I was spoilt with my nonna's home cooking. Um, My nonna came to Australia back in the 50s and and with her, she bought a lot of the um, uh, Tuscan family recipes. And when she got back to Australia, it was very important that all the vegetables and the salad that that she used in her cooking was homegrown from the garden. Um, All the vinegar and the wine was was made uh, by her her friends in in Melbourne. And, you know, to this day, I've I've still not come across a better meal that that I've experienced than than my nonna's own cooking. So I think from from my heritage through to to, to growing up, food has been a, a very important part of my life. As Simon now calls Singapore home, a world completely removed from his Italian-Australian youth, we asked him how living in Asia and his role at Uber Eats has affected the way he dines. I've continued to go to a lot more restaurants as I've got further into the food scene across Asia. But importantly now, having access to these great restaurants and the best brands in different cities around Asia means that we can access your favourite foods, be it healthy, be it extravagant, at the touch of a button at work, at home, or even out in the park when you're out with friends. So yeah, for sure, I think as I've got closer to a lot of these restaurant owners, a lot of these small business owners, I've been probably eating out uh, and ordering in a lot more than I have previously. There is a burger in Singapore, a $48 hamburger, 
which is made of Wagyu beef and frogois and a few other things. The burger comes with fries. It was, I think from memory, about half a pound of beef. So it was quite a big meal, but uh, did enjoy it. It's one of those things I probably won't order every day being $50 for a burger, but uh, I sort of felt I had to give it a try. Simon mentioned this new ability to access food from my favorite restaurants uh, with a touch of a button. It's interesting to see how Uber Eats is able to do that in different countries and different markets uh, while accommodating all their different needs. I think customer experience is everything. In most of the cities we operate, we have a city there specifically designed to be close to the consumer to make sure that we understand the experience and understand deeply the experience that those consumers want in those cities. And then we can tailor our product, uh, our marketing and our support channels appropriately. The restaurant and eating out scene in in Singapore is quite developed. It has your low-end hawker-style markets where you can go and get some at times, Michelin star level or quality food for for a few dollars, which is relatively cheap. And then you've got through to some of the most expensive restaurants potentially in the world. And I think what we're seeing from consumers in Singapore is that there's a different use case for going out and eating, be it a quick meal or a really big experience. Uh, And there's the use case where you don't necessarily have time to go out and eat, but you still want to get that great variety of, of food to wherever you are. And I think we're seeing these two very different use cases continue to develop. I think eating out is always going to be a great experience, but just providing access to your favorite foods, which will allow you still to give back time in your busy calendar. You know, the idea to push a button to get your favorite food while still remaining at your desk, continuing to work until the food's delivered, or you're at home and you can push a button, order your favourite meal whilst continuing to do the household chores until the food arrives 30 minutes later. And I think in Singapore we're seeing that, that there is a you know, a real need with consumers to, to get a little bit of time back in their day. So I think from a customer experience perspective, convenience can wrap up a lot of those things in, in terms of like what do consumers want. They, they want it to be easy. And so people have a, a smartphone in their hand for a big part of their lives today. And, and so having an app-based technology where consumers can push a couple of buttons and get access to their favourite foods is really important. I think the second part is you do what you say you'll do. And, and if you say that you're going to bring a, a hot curry to a house in 30 minutes, that, that it's really important that you do that and the food turns up in 30 minutes. I think we have a saying at work and it's probably across the industry that that consumers can get hangry, a combination of hungry and angry if their food doesn't turn up on time or if their food um, is taking longer than expected. And so it is really important that we have a really good connection between the consumer app, the restaurant app and the way the restaurant is operating and then the courier or the delivery partner who's delivering the food. And I think that that combination of working those three parties together is super important to make sure that we deliver the customer experience that we promise when they do order through an app. It's easy to relate this to customer experience. However, the other side of Uber Eats that caters to the restaurants and the food deliverers must be where things get difficult. I've always wondered, how does Uber Eats figure out that part of the experience? I've been both behind the wheel and behind the handlebars. Uber has a program that really encourages all full-time office-based staff to really experience what it's like to deliver food or to move a passenger. And so I've spent a bit of time doing both. Really eye-opening experiences and you, you learn a lot 
from getting behind the wheel or on the handlebars and it really helps you in your day-to-day -day work of having a real sense of what it's like out there. I think also um, what's been super interesting in the past six months or so that we've spent a bunch of time working in restaurants to ensure that we have first-hand knowledge of what it's like, one, to, to work in a restaurant and number two is how the Uber Eats restaurant app fits into the existing restaurant processes and how we need to think about sort of integrating or building our technology to suit current restaurant businesses. In terms of changes, we were very early on in our life working within the restaurant space. There's a lot of improvements and innovation that's still yet to come. I think one of the things that really stood out for me when I went to a restaurant is, you know, our app was designed only 18 months ago and we probably didn't expect the business to grow so quickly and you know, using the interface at a, at a restaurant level with hundreds of orders coming in at once we probably needed to get some tweaks there so that that was a really interesting experience of what we learned by being in a restaurant and what it's like for a restaurant owner or operator to work with the Uber Eats app and so we've certainly made some some changes and enhancements there to not only provide orders but to be able to provide access and easy management of bulk orders at once. Having heard how Uber Eats makes sure that they are looking at all parties involved, it makes one wonder how this experience affects restaurants in terms of their workload. They're already serving people within their businesses and shops, but how are they dealing with these extra customers? I think importantly, what we've seen is, is a lot of innovation from the restaurant partners that we're working with. You know, there's um, a number of occasions around Australia and around Asia where restaurant owners have created a brand new brand and serviced it from an existing kitchen, but they actually have created a, a new brand for the virtual restaurants or a restaurant which its menu has been specifically designed for home delivery. We've seen a number of examples where uh, people that have owned restaurants in the past have come back into the business and they've set up just a kitchen with no seats or tables. They've built just a kitchen and the kitchen is optimised around food to be delivered. The one that comes to mind is a company called Mr Min in Melbourne. Mr Min or Min is, is the owner's name. He, he owned a restaurant for a long time, Vietnamese Heritage, a very popular restaurant which he sold about two years ago uh, and sort of saw the changing of consumers wanting to be able to access food where they are not necessarily having to go to a restaurant. And you know, there's still absolutely two, two very different use cases. There's the going out to a restaurant for the experience, and then there's the ordering in of great food wherever you may be. Um, and, and, and Min saw the opportunity almost two years ago and specifically built his kitchen around for delivery only. And, and we've seen that through his innovation, he's been able to optimise his kitchen. So preparation times are shorter, which is more appealing to consumers if food can be delivered quicker. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of innovation that's happened over the past um, you know, 12 months in, in, in Australia. Mr Min is, is just one example. And I think one of my favourite stories that I've seen so far of working in this, in this role for almost 18 months now is that we had a gentleman in Melbourne who signed up to become a delivery partner. And over the last sort of 12 to 13 months, he's been saving all of his earnings to now go and open his own restaurant. This gentleman has a real passion for food and just needed to be able to earn a little bit of extra income to be able to save to, to open that restaurant. And we expect that restaurant to be open sometime this year. It seems bringing food into people's homes is not only enabling interesting opportunities and business models, we're seeing some real innovation in the actual food itself. As the food market is so competitive, new recipes and modern culinary styles are continually being developed. I think the other interesting thing about food is 
you just need to go and look at social media to see how people celebrate food so much. And I know my feed on Instagram or Facebook is 50%, if not more, photos of food. Um, and I think it's something that people really connect with more so than, um, than necessarily just a brand. But, but people have a real affinity with food and, and, and particularly here in Australia, there's a real um, sense of being adventurous and, and trying new things. Crazy foods, interesting business model. It really feels like Uber Eats has taken a certain responsibility of support and encouragement for business and food innovation. It needs to help grow these individual businesses in order to grow itself. Questions that come to mind are, how far do we go with food innovation? How interesting do the business models need to be, especially in Asia? At the end of the day, don't we all just want to eat? The innovation can't stop. And if you want to remain relevant in today's marketplace and today's business, organisations must continue to innovate. For me, innovation probably has two parts. Um, employees trying new things and a workplace that encourages experimentation and, and a workplace that is okay with getting it wrong uh, sometimes or what we like to call learnings. Um, if, if you're not getting things wrong, you're, you're probably not innovating enough. And I believe innovation starts small and is incrementally and consistently improved upon. It's really rare to start out with a home run idea. And I think if we put this in Uber's case, you know, Uber started off as an, a very exclusive black car service in San Francisco seven years ago. Today, we're providing seamless access to a variety of affordable and convenient transportation options the world over. More, more recently, we've been providing access to your favorite foods, you know, whenever and wherever you, you need it. And you know, from here, Uber's mission is to continue to improve the cities we live in. And, and that really starts with you know, all of our team, our, our employees, um, looking at opportunities to innovate. And those opportunities to innovate can be in the way we communicate to our consumers, our restaurant partners, uh, or our um, delivery partners. It can be in a way that we build process to help our delivery partners understand when the best times are to work. It's very much in um, changing a process at a city level based on feedback that we've had from a restaurant and then being able to drive that change through our technology, through our development team. So I think to stay ahead, companies have to continue to innovate and they can't stop innovating. And I, I truly believe it's very much about giving staff and employees the opportunity to experiment, to create, to test different ideas and be okay when we get it wrong because the wrong is, is a really good learning experience for us all. There's a lot of learnings that we've taken from being in the business for 14 months or so in, in Asia. A couple of the, the prevalent ones, you know, for the most part, is that, that people like to get their food delivered sooner. And so what that means is that restaurants and, and their kitchens, the quicker that they can prepare the food, the quicker that we can represent how long it will take the food to be delivered in the app, which means that will drive more demand. So there's been a lot of learnings that we've 
tested with restaurants with reducing their preparation time in the app so it reflects uh, the food getting to the consumer quicker. And a lot of different tests in that have actually reflected in us passing back information to our HQ and our engineering teams to develop a platform that is optimised for restaurants to uh, have a shorter preparation time of their food. Uh, and that's just one example where we are looking to the teams on the grounds in the cities to try different things with our restaurant partners, with consumers and with our delivery partners to understand if that um, innovation or that idea has a positive impact. And if it does, then there we have processes to make sure that that gets filtered up through our regional business, then into our global business to build out our, our product. You know, looking at the trends and looking at the data, I hope that we can continue to distill that information and provide it to our restaurant partners to help them understand trends earlier and start to adapt or start to innovate their menus or, or their approach to cooking to make the most of some of these trends sooner than they may have been able to do beforehand. One of the delights of using the Uber app is to see the little cars nearby that you know that someone's coming straight away. Uber Eats seems to have utilized that need for immediate gratification, which is great if you're getting that hungry, angry feeling. Technology plays a very big part in, in our business. And I think what technology allows us to do is provide the power back in the consumer's hand, be it booking a car or ordering your favorite food. You know, as soon as the consumer pushes a button, they want to know exactly when the food's going to turn up and they want to be able to track where the, the delivery partner is at every moment of that order. And I think what Uber's done is use technology to integrate these very offline experiences as moving from A to B or typically going to get your, your, your food and, and bring it home. We've been able to integrate technology into that very offline thing and make it really, really seamless and put the power back in the consumer's hand. Connectivity is a very important part to using technology in a consumer sort of led business, having the ability to get access to, to that technology via internet or, or, or mobile is, is very important. Absolutely across Asia, there are varying degrees of connectivity and technology infrastructure to support apps such as Uber. And, you know, really interesting learning in India is, you know, the connectivity is not necessarily as strong as it is in the United States. And we've had to adapt our app. And this is probably more talking about the Uber rides business. Uber Eats is still very young in India. But we've had to adapt our app to design it so it works in areas with lower connectivity or, or internet penetration or high-speed internet, you know, particularly on the driver side of things that are out and about, they're moving around the city. It's super important that, that they have an app that works when connected to a very strong Wi-Fi signal, but also equally is effective when the Wi-Fi coverage or the 3G coverage is not as strong. And there's no doubt that a, a lot of our learnings in some of these emerging markets has had an impact on how we've developed our app. That was Simon Rossi, General Manager of Uber Eats in the Asia-Pacific region, talking about how they've taken a US model and adapted it to different needs and different consumers across the region. So, Jenny, which of Simon's qualities stood out most for you? I'm most impressed by Simon's focus on the customer experience and what are the ways in which the customer experience will be impacted. I'm saying that because I realized that Uber Eats is technically the middleman. They neither own the product 
nor are they able to control the customer demand and their preferences, but they are the delivery engine. So they actually have to connect the dots between what the restaurants can provide with uh, in line to the expectations of the customer and make sure that that experience is um, the right experience in order for their business model. But I think what's interesting is unlike the Uber app, it's not disintermediating something. It's actually adding something. It's not replacing some a service done by anybody else. It's actually creating something new, which I think is interesting as well because it's not like there's doing something more efficiently. We weren't able to get this before. That's different to Uber. Yes, and he not just looked at marketing Uber Eats services, he was trying to connect the dots between what does a restaurant need to do better to be able to deliver high-quality food that customers want quicker and as expected. And, and it's a focus on the entire ecosystem. He's realizing that, especially in Asia, making sure that all sides are benefiting from this. So the restaurants are, are getting something out of it and improving the service they do and learning new things and the consumers are getting something out of it. I think it's a, it's, it's a really good story of, of, of taking something, adapting it, but doing something that actually adds to the entire experience for both sides or all sides of the ecosystem. Yes, so you have a, delivery, a food delivery service transforming a food industry. Isn't that interesting? Thanks for tuning in to Experience Makers. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe via Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. And be sure to leave us a review while you're there. I'm your host, Siva Ganeshanandan. And I'm Janie Lim. We'll see you next time.